Chris Gowser here with Matt Howell. On this episode of The First Run, Matt and I have fired up the ovens, mashed the potatoes, uncanned the cranberries, and whatever it is else that you do to prepare for Eli Roth. Oh, wait. Oh, Matt, I didn't load it. Oh, damn it. I pulled it and I didn't load it. I'm so disappointed in myself right now. I have this great idea. I do this all the time. I'm like, oh, I got a great idea. This would be fun. How about if I do this? And then and then I and I plan to do it, Matt, but then I don't, I don't do it. And then it's it's very frustrating for me, and then I derail everything, and it makes me sad. <laughs> Good story. So it's Eli Ross Thanksgiving. <laughs> How does the latest expansion of the Grindhouse trailers hold up, Matt? This time we'll discuss that. Also, it's the latest and greatest film in the MCU. That's right, it's the Marvels, and uh, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, and Miss Marvel team up to stop the Kree, Matt, from devastating the galaxy, and. Maybe an X-Man or two will show up to tease us with the existence of mutants yet again. There's all the fixins associated with the big releases on physical media, featuring your streaming and straight-to-DVD picks of the week. And then Matt and I are going to close out the show by sharing our five favorite 80s slashers. So sharpen that carbon knife, folks, and prepare for your uncle's crazy conspiracy theories. It's another gravy-covered episode of The First Run. This holiday season, prepare to have the stuffing scared out of you. Thanksgiving. In the town of Plymouth, Massachusetts, the fourth Thursday in November is the most celebrated day of the year. The table is set. The festivities have begun. What an uninvited guest has arrived. And this year... There will be no leftovers. That's right, Matt. That is the original trailer from Grindhouse for... Thanksgiving. That's the clip I wanted, and I totally forgot to drop it in. I'm so angry. So anyway, here we go, Matt. So we've got Hobo with a shotgun, Mm -hmm. right? We got then... What else did we get? We got uh, uh, Machete. Machete. Then then what else have we got? Why am I blanking on everything right now? I think that's it. I think that's it for Grindhouse, because we don't have a don't. And I thought we got a Werewolf Women of the SS, but we did not. No, we have not. So, all right. Well, Machete had, what, two th- films? There's, there was talk of a third one, right, with Machete in space. Yeah, Machete but, kills. Uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate I haven't seen it. All right. Wow, that's what I'm surprised. Uh, it says the fourth to be adapted. The fourth feature-length film to be adapted from one of the mock trailers. You have Machete. Oh, they're, in- they're including the two Machete films. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Here we go. So the original trailer, I rewatched it in anticipation uh, of discussing. So did you rewatch it as well? Or no? I I didn't. I should have. I was going to, but I didn't get around to it. You son of a bitch, sitting in there in your Run DMC track suit, <laughs> thinking you're all cool. Mm-hmm. Fine. Uh, I guess that's the first question I'm at for you. Is well, no, that's not the first question. What is Thanksgiving all about? Let's start there. Well, it's Thanksgiving time in Plymouth, 
Massachusetts, a local store owner who owns something that's kind of like a Walmart decides that he's going to open the store for Black Friday early the night before on Thanksgiving itself. There is a stampede. There are some deaths. Um, people in the town basically all kind of contribute to this. And then somebody the next year comes and starts killing people that were involved in that, uh, in that event. All right, but how did this work for you as an adaptation of the Grindhouse trailer? Did, mm. it, did you get what you were hoping for out of that uh, initial two and a half minute, whatever's two minute experience? Yeah, well, I'm, here's the thing. I'm not a huge fan of Eli Roth. I don't particularly mm. love his films. I think as a as a Grindhouse trailer, it, it might might be my least favorite of all of them. Although I do like the kind of corniness of it. I wish this looked a little dirtier. I wish it had some grain. I wish it looked like a grindhouse picture. It looks very clean. But otherwise, honestly, I actually kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I don't think it's... It's not earth-shattering or anything. It pays a lot of homages to, you know, earlier slasher films. But at times, it's really funny. At times, it's pretty clever. At times, the gore is great. Uh, So, you know what? For a... Thanksgiving themed slasher film, which I never thought we would get one. This one is quite entertaining. I I can't disagree with you. It's not as gonzo as that original trailer. It's mm. not as sleazy. It's not as disturbing and disgusting. He he uh, veers right when he veered left before a couple times in the trailer. But I think that's fine. I would say this is probably his most accessible horror film mm. out of the stuff he's done. Maybe Cabin Fever, the right. first one. Mm-hmm. Since then, uh, but like the hostile films, I know that's a little tough for people. Green Inferno, too. That's a film I just, I have no interest in ever watching again. Yeah. Uh, so just, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. But I think there is some, still some top shelf cringe here. Cringe inducing deaths in gore moments. I think he really kind of ticks off all the boxes for the uh, the gore hounds. And I think what I like, too, John Squire, so he was the editor-in-chief of a bloody disgusting uh, tweet this out, and I agree with it entirely. It's it's not so much a uh, a remake of eighty slash like or just a kind of a living homage to eighty slasher films. It's like a it's a remake of an early aughts reboot of an eighty slasher. It's kind of what it, it's got the vibe of, and I think that's entirely true. Mm. I think the laughs work really well. It's it is like you Matt said, kind of it's a typical slasher. It's not a genre redefining experience, but you know what? If you're in the mood. Yeah. For a, a, a exceptionally well done slasher with just the right amount of humor and copious amounts of of gore and disgusting kind of over the top kills, you're not you can't go wrong with Thanksgiving. You yeah, you can't. No, I was actually surprised at how entertaining this was. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about it because I mean everything is kind of paper thin. I mean, the plot is the plot. I basically summarized the whole movie, and you know, really, you're just kind of seeing the nasty deaths in between and who, you know, who the killer ends up being kind of thing. And otherwise, you know what? I'm completely fine with the people who maybe have a less holiday bent. Maybe they put this on. Maybe this becomes part of their tradition before football starts. They put on Thanksgiving or maybe after football's over. Who knows? Could be Thanksgiving. Yeah, (laughs) I agree with you. It's, I was just surprised by how much I, I enjoyed it. I thought it, I was I was hopeful. I had my fingers crossed. Um, but I also say too, out of the 
out of the uh, expansion of the grindhouse trailers there yeah. i think this is the best of the bunch so far think, yeah yeah it's the most entertaining it's the most just gross at times as well it's mm-hmm. uh where i feel like rodriguez trips up with machete i think he he tries to I don't know. I think he just leans in too far. I think that independent uh, or outside of the fact that maybe it's not as dark and disturbing as Grindhouse as maybe we would like. Right. The stuff that he just nails a lot of those kind of 80s tropes about, you know, the mis- the mysterious slasher, who it is, the the dodges and the weaves as to who the killer could be, like right. the scene where the, the, the deputy guy puts the mask on. Right. right. There's little, little touches like that to kind of make you kind of throw. Now, I unfortunately... I hazarded a guess from the very beginning, and I unfortunately was right. Right. Okay. There's a there's a bit of a tell in the opening of the film, I okay. think, okay. about something that might be happening, but you're yeah. not really sure. Okay. But still, I- independent of that, good stuff. Really. Yeah. You, 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 Ross got your back. If you want that kind of 80s slasher homage, that stuff, he's got you. And this is, uh, I think, well worth checking out. Uh, I'm... I like too the 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 great job you know we don't have a definitive ending per se mm-hmm. so we do open the door for sequels so right. I'm excited for that I would be open to that the the one piece of criticism I have is that in the original trailer Michael Bean played the sheriff right right and I don't know I don't know maybe just Bean's a little too old I would have loved to have had for him to have been in this yeah that could have been fun yeah I I honestly Eli Roth you know A for effort. I now that I know you have it in you to make a decent horror film, I expect more going forward when you make Thanksgiving to Blackest Friday or something like that. We'll probably just produce it, unfortunately. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll come back, but I don't, I don't know. I like too. So I guess the killer is called The Carver, even it's based on John oh, really? Carver. They call him The Carver. Nice. In the credits. So that's good. Uh, not doing great. 15 mil to make, 13.9 right now. I think, okay. though, it'll have a long life on streaming. I think uh, and some people will buy it, people like me. Yeah. Uh, the Blu-ray is already up for pre-order. No news on a 4K, but you're not fooling me. I'm going to sit tight and see yeah. if it eventually comes out. So, all right, folks, Matt, I, I'm going to give a... Uh, uh, hold on, wait, hold on. Thanksgiving. I'm going to give it a B plus. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a B. Okay. Hold on, my pen's not ready. Let me get it in there for the mic. There awesome. Fantastic. B plus and a B for Thanksgiving. If you get a chance to see it, it's currently streaming streaming in theaters. Uh, excuse me. This film that's called Thanksgiving is currently playing in theaters around <laughs> you. If you get a chance to see it, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Just an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. You know, his next project he's working on, uh, Borderlands, adaptation of the video game. What do you think about that? You know what? That'll be really interesting to see. I Borderlands, you talk about something that's paper thin. That's like a loot shooter, so I don't even know what the hell they're going to do. But it's got that kind of wild Mad Max vibe uh, turned up to 11, so we'll see. Maybe he can do something with it. Yeah, he supposedly his Death Wish remake is supposed to be pretty good. Okay. I haven't seen it okay. yet. I don't know if you ever got to see it. when Bruce Willis takes over the role. Oh, really? I Yeah, I have not seen it, no. Mm. All right. Good times. Matt, let's talk about what's coming up on Physical Media this upcoming Tuesday, November 28th. You know, the Tuesday after. Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong one. See, Matt, I'm trying to be clever. Thanksgiving. God damn it. Hey, you can use my radio mic. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Your Honor. Protecting the safety of the Queen is a task that's gladly accepted by police squad. 
For no matter how silly the idea of having a queen might be to us, as Americans, we must be gracious and considerate hosts. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant Reverend. Of course, we all have a stake in seeing that this portion of the Queen's American Goodwill Tour is completely successful, and we can all take pride that the Queen has chosen our sister um, Indeed, it is for all the people who will be able to share in the uh, celebration especially will be the Queen's public appearances. Um, we also would like to... Uh, that's right, folks. The Naked Gun is being released in 4K this upcoming Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, I was going through pulling clips for the show when I, when I saw this was coming out, and I just I, I went down like a rabbit hole of Naked Gun clips. Yeah. And that film is still really, really funny and silly to me. And I think we just earned our explicit tag for this movie. <laughs> Very good, then. All bets are off. That's right. Uh, I have not owned, I think, any of the Naked Gun films. I think I had the first one on VHS. Yeah. And I think that's been it. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I owned any of them either. And I haven't watched any of them in a long, long time. Every now and then, there like there's a a trip the triple pack um, Blu-rays on sale. I don't. I mean, how important it is to have a 4K restoration of the Naked Gun? <laughs> I don't really know. But uh, that's that's fine. So, all right, what's coming up, Matt? Yeah, what's number five? Number five. I want to go with The Haunting in Venice. We just talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The latest uh, Kenneth Branagh Poirot film is being released on in 4K. Includes 11 deleted scenes. I don't know if you need to own it. I would definitely say check it out. It is, I think, the best of the series. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But if you're a fan, now you can pick it up. Nice. Four! And then we have Arrow is putting out, Matt, the in, excuse me, Inside the Mind of Coffin Joe. So all of these films are being released here. I've never seen any of the films. Nothing about it really appealed to me, but I know that he's got a rabid fan base. So you get At Midnight, I'll Take Your Soul, The Night, I'll Possess Your Corpse, The Strange World of Coffin Joe, Awakening of the Beast, The End of Man, When the Gods Fall Asleep, The Strange Hostel of Naked Pleasures. I think that's what Matt called his honeymoon. <laughs> Hellish Flesh, Hallucinations of a Deranged Mind, Embodiment of Evil, and The Strange World of Jose Mojica Marins. Brand new 4K restorations from the best available film elements. Boy, that phrase always scares me. The best available film elements. Uh, there's an illustrated collector's book featuring new writings by a bunch of uh, authors and writers. A double-sided fold-out poster, 12 posters, card-side, double-sided art cards, and more. So if you're a Coffin Joe fan, this is the set for you. And then what else we got, Matt, here? Get three coffins ready. Uh-huh. Arrow is also putting out Barbarella in 4K. They have uh, an exclusive slip if you buy it directly from them. 4K restoration of the film by Arrow, Dolby Vision HDR presentation of the film, a new Dolby Atmos audio track, uh, audio commentary by t- film critic Tim Lucas, alternate opening and closing credits, uh, isolated score, and then a bunch of other featurettes that are on the uh, Blu-ray that it comes with. So, yay. Good. Great. Grand. 
Where's my number, Matt? Here. Looks like we're shy of one horse. <laughs> you brought too, too many. Number two, Matt, is uh, Michael Mann's film Black Hat being released in uh, 4K and a Blu-ray separate release as well. Brand new audio commentary included on that. The big thing that was going back and forth, uh, this is the cyber thriller he did with Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Didn't really do well. I guess it was marketed really poorly. It has the theatrical cut, the international cut, which I think is like a minute or two longer, shorter. I don't know. But on the Blu-ray, not in 4K, because I guess they couldn't get a good enough print of it, or they didn't want to spend the money to do the restoration. Uh, but they have it on uh, the director's cut, which is man's director's cut that he put together. has never actually been released. I think it was uh, shown someplace like once. And it was going back and forth for a while if it was going to be available, but it is indeed there as part of this uh, special edition set. So I do have it. I have not a chance to watch it yet, but I'm very excited to check it out. I've never seen the film at all, mm. but I've heard that it's underappreciated. And it's a, it's a great film. So um, I'll have to report back once I watch that director's cut there. All right. Have you seen Black Hat at all? I haven't. Your boy no. Hemsworth? Mm-mm. Boy, it's your boy Hemsworth. What's going on there? There can be only one. And number one, Matt, I'm going to go with The Prophecy 4K set from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, its features are be determined. I don't know. It's coming out basically in days. Yeah. But there's there's no special features released yet. I think they're going to announce it as part of their um, Black Friday sale. Their site, I think, is dark right now. Okay. But it's one of the big releases is they're getting the first three Prophecy films in 4K. It's going to come with a special diagonal case like my Blade in the Dark set does. It's a really sharp-looking case. Uh, I'm intrigued by this. Yeah. I really enjoyed the first Prophecy film. I thought I the second too. one was okay. Yeah. I don't remember the third one in any capacity. I think there's been like five of them or six of them in total. Mm-hmm. But if I can get this like maybe next year at like 50% off one of their Black Friday sales, right. I don't know if I need the super deluxe case on this. Yeah. I may pick this up. What about you? Yeah, I really like the prophecy. I, I think Vigo Mortensen's Turn of Satan is one of the better ones you see on film. Up him and him and uh, Peter Stormare and, and Constantine are my two favorite uh, on screen Satans. Um, but I. I would definitely pick this up if I could. Yeah. All right. Then your 4K releases, Matt. Uh, Mother's Day, Mark of the Devil from 1970, Bloodsucking Freaks. Tell us from the dark side of the movie. We talked about uh, Naked Gun. There's also a steelbook for that. Daryl is being released. Tremors 2, Aftershocks. Season 1, Matt, of The Sandman mm. and uh, from Netflix. And then we talked about a few minutes ago, the Eli Roth, Bruce Willis, Death Wish reboot. And then Severin announced this week their Black Friday releases. And I don't ha- I didn't get the information together in time here. I'm just going to run down, though, what they are. And one of them, at least I'll tell you the ones I'm most interested in, Cemetery Man is being released in 4K. Michelle Sauvé's film with- starring Rupert Everett. I loved this film as a kid. Uh, I have it on DVD still. Mm-hmm. There is, a, I think, like, it's not technically a bootleg, but I think it's an unauthorized Blu-ray release released years ago. Yeah. And there's another Blu-ray that came out that I think was from England. It may be Germany. I, mean, I think it's England. Uh, but the transfer on that one is just okay. But here now we have a 4K remaster of Cemetery Man, which I am so excited about from Severin. They're also putting out putting out The Church, another Sauvé film. They're putting out The Sect as well in 4K. And then there's some other films I'm not as familiar with. So you can go to Severn Films and check it out. But their site is dark now, too, because they're going to put a bunch of stuff on on uh, their Black Friday sale. 
and they're also going to um, have a box set sale. A bunch of the box sets are going to be 50% off on a Friday. Nice. So uh, I'm dying, Matt, to check out this severance sale with uh, Cemetery Man. And uh, it's just, I'm terrified. I haven't been this excited about a Black Friday s- sale site for in a long time. I think this is going to run, I think they're going to run like 40, 50 bucks each. Yeah. Which is just painful. But. I have to own Cemetery Man. It's been one of my holy grails. That and Dead Alive, you know Peter Jackson's horror film. Mm-hmm. I have that on DVD as right. well. I mean, that's another one I'm I'm dying to get in some kind of HD. So uh, you're straight to DVD pick of the week, then, Matt. Have you seen Cemetery Man? I kind have of a cult no. film. Yeah, no, I have not. Excellent. Uh, Scream Queen is being released, starring Linnea Quigley. She stars as a Militia Tombs, who mysteriously dies, Matt, after leaving the set of her latest, now unfinished, low-budget shot on video. Shocker. Soon, an unseen mass killer is chopping and hacking his or her way through the cast and crew as punishment for Toom's death, leaving a bloody trail of revenge. The super obscurity was shot Matt, in 1998 by indie horror stalwart Brad Sykes, and he finally finished it in 2002. Considered a lost Linnea film, Scream Queen is not only a solid 90s shot on video slasher that borrows from the Italian jealous of genre, but also takes swift jabs at the U.S. independent horror movie scene at the time. Matt, what should we be streaming this week? Well, I'm going to give you a couple options. So first, available on Apple Plus, and now I know a lot of people don't have a lot of Apple TV Plus, but it's out there, is Monarch Legacy of Monsters. The first two Mm. episodes are out. I watched them. Uh, They're pretty good. I think they're very entertaining. If you liked those films, if you like Godzilla in general, the big guy shows up a little bit in the first one, but it's, it's... Proving to be pretty neat. I'm looking to see how this is going to go forward. I also just got done watching Theater Camp, um, which is a mockumentary about uh, a camp uh, that does, you know, for theater kids. Uh, mm-hmm. It stars um, our latest, uh, what was her name? Uh, Io, uh, uh, God, sorry. Uh, I- Io Edabiri is in this that we just watched in Bottoms, as oh, well right. as uh, Molly Gordon who is the other half of Shiva Baby uh, to go along with the person in, in bottom. So it's it's pretty funny. I wasn't a theater kid, so it maybe wasn't as uproariously funny as people who were maybe, but there's enough there to entertain you if you weren't. Nice. You know what I watched too uh, this week? The Albert Brooks documentary dropped on HBO. Okay. And it's fantastic. I don't know if you're an Albert Brooks fan. Mm-hmm. I love his films. Uh, so I watched that too. It's basically doing an interview with him and his, I guess his best friend there, Rob Reiner. They kind of go through his career, his life, talk about everything. They show clips from his films, his, his appearances on different TV shows and stuff. And it's just a, a great look into, I think one of the funniest guys who ever lived. I mean, I love Albert Brooks. So, um, if you haven't seen that, it's currently on HBO as well, or excuse me, Max, maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can check that out now too. All right, Matt, let's keep rolling then and spend a few minutes to talk about the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's just the bros hate, bro, because it's all girls. It's all like ladies. And uh, I don't know what's up with that, bro. Hi. Hi. They don't seem related. Whatever you say, families are complicated. Monica, you want to fill Carol in on your working theory? Uh, yeah. Um, hi, Captain Marvel. It is so good to see you, Lieutenant Trouble. You too. And it's Captain Rambo now. Right. 
Sorry. So what's new? Where's my sister? Yeah. I'm thinking that our joint exposure to these unsteady jump points and our susceptibility to electromagnetic energy has temporarily entangled our world lines. Yeah, that right there. Uh, Entanglement, our light powers are entangled, so we switch places whenever we use them at the same time. Which would mean Kamala- When did you get powers? I walked through a radiation shielding barrier of a witch hex and now I can manipulate and see all wavelengths of the electromagnetic spectrum. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> Where's our daughter? Oh yeah, that's right, Matt. We have the Captain's Marvel mm-hmm. as well as Miss Marvel. Though she doesn't go by Captain Marvel in this one. Uh, I don't know if it's because they're trying to avoid confusion or I'm talking, of course, about uh, Monica Rambeau. Yeah, well, she was only Captain Marvel briefly when Carol Danvers wasn't around in the comics. She's She's been going by Photon for a lot longer than she was Captain Marvel, which I think is yeah, what yeah. they're working towards. Absolutely. So what happened, though, Matt, is uh, Brie Larson, uh, I guess we'll just call her Captain Marvel. We'll just stick with that. Sure. Now, right? not, not Shazam. Right. That's, well, it's not, let's not open that can of worms. Let's not. No. It's confusing. <laughs> So um, she goes to the Cree uh, uh, homeworld and basically uh, destroys the supreme intelligence, which is the kind of computer whaty AI or souls or something that kind of runs the Cree mm-hmm. Empire and everything. Right. And which uh, ignites a civil war, and then the Cree home planet is destroyed. Not destroyed, but all of its resources are depleted, and the planet is slowly dying. Mm-hmm. So what the Kree decide to do is to go ahead and to steal those resources from other planets. And it's up to the Marvels to stop them. And maybe help them? Maybe? Matt, what are your thoughts on the latest entry in the MCU? Are we back riding high again? Or are we continuing to kind of tread water? And you know what? Is that okay? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. So I think to answer your second question first, I think we are treading water a little bit because they're building towards a couple things. Uh, they're building towards Young Avengers, which gets a little shout out at the end of this film. They're building towards X-Men, obviously. So that's worst kept secret on the internet. There is a little oh. bit of a drop on uh, on what the, that the, the X-Men are showing up, at least at some point. Um. So I think they are treading water. I think they're kind of, this is some of the last of the old guard kind of stuff, contracts wrapping up, things like that. Now, I will say this. I've been on record many times on this show saying that I didn't think the first Captain Marvel was that great. I think really a lot of that falls on Brie Larson and her choices as far as acting goes. I think she's very wooden in that film, doesn't have a lot of personality, and the kind of action that there is 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 relatively generic. And there's nothing really that special about it. This, I found a hell of a lot more entertaining. Nia DaCosta brings a lot more to this. Um, Brie Larson's much better. I think she shows some emotion. She has some, you know, some funny moments. She has some, you know, emotional moments. Um, But for me, really, again, just continuing her win strength, Amon Vellani is like the MVP of this film. She brings something that's been missing from the MCU. And I'm hoping we get more of in the uh, young Avengers, whenever they show up is that it's fun. They're bringing fun back to this stuff. Like Kate Bishop is having fun. Peter Parker is having fun. Like those things are, 
it's all been super serious for so long, and I hope we can just get back to a little bit of fun. And she is a breath of fresh air that sells this thing. But overall, I thought I had a hell of a good time. I thought it was quite successful. So I took what you said to me the last time we saw a movie film, a Marvel film, to mm-hmm. heart, and that not every MCU film is an event, nor does it need to be. Right. And I enjoyed the Marvels. It was fine. I think I have some issues with the pacing of it, or at least yeah. maybe the edit. Yeah. Uh, it feels a little choppy at times, mm-hmm. maybe in search of just some kind of momentum that I don't know if it quite pulls off. I don't know if I... I think in the end that this is a Marvel film with its core audience of young women, mm-hmm. I think is what the core audience of this film is supposed to be. And which is fine. I'm still able to enjoy it. You know, I, I still had fun with it. But uh, it's it's interesting to me because there are some also attempts at kind of some... I don't know if this is an accident. Like, so if you don't recall everybody, Nia DaCosta did the uh, Candyman uh, requel. Is mm-hmm. that a requel? Yeah, sure. And uh, so she did another film called The Little Woods, which I haven't seen, which I believe is supposed to be pretty good. And then now we have The, the Marvels. So uh, I did enjoy that Candyman reboot. I think it was mostly successful and i think that this is as well mm-hmm. it's i certainly enjoyed it more than i enjoyed quantum media and black widow oh yeah that's for that's for damn sure mm-hmm. and i think too this is the funniest and most entertaining sam jackson has been yeah as nick fury in any of these films mm-hmm. i don't know if that pulls him it's like that's not the same character at all i don't know but you know what i haven't seen secret invasion not so i have so no much. idea what what he's gone through with that all yeah. right so, but one of the things I found really interesting is that it it does the same thing Marvel films always do, mm-hmm. where it brings up these kind of really heady subjects, but treats them with like a gossamer kind of gauze kind of glaze that doesn't really get into anything. Mm-hmm. Where this film leans in heavily on the impacts of imperialism and its potential blowbacks, right? Um, but it never really gets into any of that and what that means. It's more the, the uh, scaffolding that the film is draped on. So it's just it's it's I don't know. Like I said, I enjoyed the film for what it was. I don't know if I agree with you on Brie Larson. I think she's better in this than she was in any other film, other like Avengers films she was in, mm-hmm. or maybe the first film. Mm-hmm. She just seems consistently kind of disinterested, right, in this role. I mean, because yeah. she's she's a great actress. Look at Room. Look at First Run Favorite Short Term Twelve. I mean, she is really good. Scott Pilgrim even, yeah, right? Yeah. But for this stuff, these films, she's like you said, everything is just kind of very wooden. I think she's better here, but still not great. And I think technically it still has its limitations, not just with the effects. I think, uh, again, like I said earlier, it just kind of, it sacrifices, I think, gripping storytelling for, story for a quicker pace. Yeah. And as it zips along, I kind of feel like we're constantly missing something, but I don't know what. I'm not sure, Matt. It's I, I still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that Brie Larson is great in this. I'm just saying she's a lot better than she was. And mm-hmm. I think part of what may be leaking into this is that she's gotten so much crap from the online community yeah. and the Marvel fan community where I think she was in giving some interview or she was that doing some panel or something like that. And somebody asked her about like what her plans were for Captain Marvel after, you know, the, this Marvel's one came out. And I think she just point blank said, 
what do you guys don't even seem like you want me to do any more of these? Like, why would I, why would you even want that for me to come back and do these? And like, I think she's just done with the role. I think she's just completely beaten down by how much, you know, some of it deserves a lot of it, not, but you know, I, I think she's just kind of over. I just think that she's better than in this than she has been in the past, but I'm not saying she's great by any means. And I agree with you. I think the, again, I can't even remember the villain's name. I don't know. I I, I have no idea what the character's name is. I think it is very rushed in parts. Like I was sudden, like, like, Oh, this, this movie's basically over. Like, like I didn't realize that this, it moves at such a breakneck clip and there's a lot of stuff that's missing that, you know, those are weaknesses of it, but there's enough here that, you know, this has been a disappointing year for Marvel for the, for the most part. I'm hoping this is a kind of a step in the right direction where they're kind of, shedding some of the, the kind of baggage and expectations and dead weight from the whole Avenger saga as much fun as I had with it. And they're going to move on to something else. We'll see. Fingers crossed. So let's talk a little bit about the X-Men. Yeah. So, uh, uh, well, first off I want to add, I do like the, they do a quick little nod to, uh, back when she rainbow was captain Marvel and her Mm. ridiculous costume with the flowy sleeves attached from the shoulder, the arms to the wrists. So I, I did, I did, I did like that. I laughed at that. All right. So we get an X Men tease. So at the end of the film, again, spoilers. In order to save the galaxy, um, Rambo has to basically seal a rift in space time and gets trapped in an alternate dimension, an alternate parallel reality. Mm-hmm. In this reality, the X Men exist. We know definitively because uh, Fraser's Beast, mm-hmm. Kelsey Grammer's Beast, is in the film, or at least a less than spectacular CGI'd version of him, mm-hmm. I would say. It's hard to pull off hair, and it's blue hair at that, so... Fine. Uh, so, and there's a mention of of uh, Professor X. There's a mention of Binary, who, if you, Matt, probably knows better than I, I believe is what the the ultimate like version of, of Carol Danvers' mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, where mm-hmm. she becomes some kind of almost elemental kind of being or right, something. Right, right. Yeah, I I don't remember. I know the name, but I haven't really got into a lot of that. All right. So how do you feel? Are we uh, these little teases just enough for you to keep you interested, or are you get just a little frustrated with all this, like I am at this point? Yeah. So I will say this. I because we've already earned our explicit tag. I'm going to say something gross, but I don't. I don't know. I'm like I. I just feel like it's incredibly appropriate. It's. Let's let's stop with the foreplay, Marshall. Let's let's quit the edging. Let's just get to the let's just get to the part, okay? Let's just start doing this stuff because you've been teasing the X Men for how many years now? And I understand we had COVID, we had the writer strike, we have the actor strike. You know, I know that's throwing a wrench after wrench after wrench into your into your plans and your processes. But man, let's just do the damn thing already, all right? Let's just let's go. So, but how does it, I, I'm trying to figure out how it works. So if we get in Kelsey Grammer's Beast. Yeah. Does that mean then we have Patrick Stewart's and Ian McKellen's Xavier and Magneto? Or are we going to have McAvoy's Professor Xavier? Or are we going to reboot entirely? I think we're going to reboot happens? entirely. I mean, I think Beast is, I think they obviously made the decision to be have Beast be CGI, right? Which I'm fine with. I mean, Nicholas Holt's makeup was not great as Beast. I mean, I thought Kelsey Grammer's, however many years ago, was better than Nicholas Holt's was. And, and Kelsey mm-hmm. Grammer's is very old. Um, you can't be putting on, you know, 
you know, sitting in the makeup chair for hours. Yeah, no, do I don't this. think he'd be up for that no. at all. Yeah. So I'm completely fine with them doing it that way as kind of a nod. But obviously, I think they're going to give us completely new. I think, Bo, what it does look like is that, like, your kind of classic X-Men, you know, your first iteration, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Iceman, I think those are going to be, they're not going to be kids. They're going to be, you know, the, uh, the elder statesman kind of thing. And then you're going to, we'll see where the kid part of the, of the X-Men come into play. As far as like, is Storm going to be a teenager? Is, is Kitty Pride going to be a teenager? Colossus, those kind of, is that, the, is that what the young versions are going to be? I, I don't know. Um, I like, would think so. Cause you can, you can lock, you get them in mm-hmm. young, lock them in cheap yeah. and then get them in there for like, you know, 15 years, 10 right. years. Right. You know what? I mean, and who, who else? So, I mean, if we do that, so you, would you want to see Marsters back as another turn as Cyclops, maybe give him some opportunity to kind of redeem the kind of wooden character that he had. Would you want to see Famke Jansen again as, as, uh, Jean Grey. I think Patrick Stewart's mm. done. I think he's too old. Yeah. Um, I think Ian McKellen, as good as he is, he's way too old to play Magneto as well. Um, I don't see them. I mean, in later X-Men comics, you know, the White Queen is a big deal. I mean, she's really like, you know, she's uh, you know leading the school at many points in, in the comics. And I don't see like January Jones coming back to do that or her to invite her back for that. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see who... I just want to see who they, they come up with. I want to just see what mutants they're going to pick. Holding yeah. out hope for Kitty Pride because she's my low-key favorite out of all those. So, we'll see. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, and I'm still rooting for Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine. Mm. But uh, Yeah, that would be actually kind of awesome. <laughs> Although, I'd like to see... You know what? I is as suspect as her accent was, I really like the magic character a lot, too, in the comics. So, I'd like, mm-hmm. you know, if Anya Taylor-Joy is willing to come back and do it, I would be all bored on that as well. No, that would be. I hadn't even thought about the new mutants. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Matt. Do we do grades on this yet? No, we haven't. We have not. Give me a grade. I'm gonna give it a B minus. I got a C plus. All right. So there you go. Yeah. If you had a chance to see Marvels or the Marvels, which is currently again in theaters, I'm sure it'll drop on Disney at some point, probably early in the new year. Uh, shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Now let's close out the big show and talk about our five favorite 80s slashers to go along with. Oh, wait, wait, to go along with. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Excuse me. Could I ask you about these? What about them? What are they for? Well, like blue, Hank, in your left back pocket means you want a blowjob. Right pocket means you give one. The green one left side says you're a hustler. Right side, you're a buyer. Yellow one, left side, means you give golden shower. Right side, you receive. The red one, please. Say anything you want. Uh, I'm going I'm to go home and think about it. I'm sure you'll make the right choice. There you go, Matt. That is uh, Al Pacino, and I believe Powers Booth, in uh, William Friedkin's Cruising. Mm. Uh, a uh, very controversial film at the time. Pacino plays a cop who goes undercover in the uh, gay nightlife scene in New York as there's a serial killer killing uh, gay men. Okay. And I actually just watched it for the first time last year. It was on Criterion. And I'd always heard about, about it. And it's, it's good. Yeah. It is really good. And it really gets you into a uh, interesting part of that culture at the time as well that, you know, I just, I don't know. You, you, you kind of see, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just not, I don't know. 
like hyper stylized in a, in a, in a, in a mocking way. Yeah. You know, and it was interesting to kind of see that told in a, in an honest and forthright way. So, uh, anyway, cruising's pretty good. You should check it out. And I think it technically qualifies as an 80 slasher. I think it came out in 80. Right. And, uh, there's a serial killer guy killing people. So very good. Matt, I'll start us off. I'll give you the ultimate number one. Okay. I'm going to go with number five, Johnny, Johnny, number five. I'm going to go, you know, I keep going back and forth between this film and and uh, The Burning. And I'm going to go with this film, which is... I'm going to go with Friday the 13th Part 2. Okay. I actually think it's one of the better films in the series, mm-hmm. even though we don't have Hockey Mask Jason yet. Right. But I think uh, the, the kids at the camp, um, they're more... I don't know. It's relatable in a way, and it kind of starts to set... The the template for the series, obviously, they're being locked in in three when we get the mask. But still, I think I think Ginny is one of the better uh, final girls mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but still, I just the way the film is, is structured, the big confrontation at the end. Um, you see, you know, Jason's mom's head and she, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot that I enjoy. The guy takes the machete to the the the. the uh, the handicapped kid takes a machete to the head in the wheelchair and he goes down the uh, stairs in the rain. Mm-hmm. Lots of great little, very memorable moments. So I'm going for the 13th part two as my number five. All right. So my number five is maybe a huge cheat, but this was a very influential film. My cousin was watching it. And again, I was way too young, but somehow, you know, it was on like channel 20 or something. And like, there was still, they didn't, you know, blink out the boobs and they didn't blink out the violence. And so, like, I saw this thing and I really shouldn't have. So it really made an impression on me. And it's it's actually a spoof. It is a horror comedy. I'm talking about student bodies where mm. a, a serial killer called The Breather is hunting down uh, a high school students and killing any of them that have sex. So, of course... You know, the rules are already in place way before Scream was around. I, for whatever reason, this was a very uh, foundational film for a very young Matt Howell while he was watching this. So I I just had to throw it on this list because I haven't seen it in such a long time, but I still remember many, many a a scene in that film. Horsehead bookends. Yeah. Yeah, my fantasy it's so funny my fantasy football team is called melvert p red nice nice <laughs> so yeah no that's that's great i didn't find that until my teen until my early or late late teens mm-hmm. uh even maybe my early 20s and I, that film's hilarious i absolutely adore student bodies I had it on dvd had it on blu-ray when it came out finally like 10 years ago so uh no that's that's great yeah it doesn't fit the vibe i'm going with no but, it doesn't uh, but I, I, I had to slip it in there, so I put it in at my number five. Good for you. Good for you. My number four, then, is from 1981. It's uh, Joseph Zito's The Prowler. Mm-hmm. The film starts in 1944 uh, during World War II, and a young woman is writing a letter to her boyfriend. She's going to break up with him. She's attending a graduation dance with her new boyfriend, and uh, they get mis- attacked by a killer in a combat uniform. He kills them both. And then we fast forward to 1980. And they're going to bring the uh, homecoming dance and graduation ball up one more time. Or bring it back, I should say, after all this time. And somebody shows up in a combat uniform and starts killing everybody. Now, one of the great things about uh, The Prowler is that it has some fantastic um, uh, Savini gore effects in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the uncut version of this 
wasn't available for a very long time up until about 15 years ago or so you can get it on blu-ray now but it is one of the lesser known uh slashers and it's one of my favorites it's uh, my number four uh it just it ticks all the boxes it does everything that the genre of film requires and just some top shelf savini kills in it so if you're a fan of his work and you have not seen the prowler check it out the mystery in it too as to who the killer is is pretty good so uh there you go, Matt. My four. All right. So my number four. Have then, you seen the Prowler? I have not seen the Prowler. Oh. I heard it's good though. Um. So my number four. Then I I couldn't put an '80s list about slashers and not have one of these entries on there. It just didn't seem right. I'm not a huge fan of these of these as a as a whole, but I do think it's my favorite of these series, which is again Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I don't think you can have an '80s slashers list without Jason Voorhees making an appearance because he kind of mm-hmm. is the ultimate 80s slasher but uh as far as this goes even though you don't get the hockey mask i think this is by far the best of a what in my opinion is a relatively mediocre series but i do enjoy uh, part two nice good see it made your list as well Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna point out well i'll I'll wait because i think i know where matt's gonna end up on his Mm. and we'll we'll keep rolling so my uh number where are we three three we get three uh, I'm going with My Bloody Valentine, Matt, mm. from uh, uh, 1981. It is There is a uh, um, a mine collapses, a bunch of people get killed, and then the kids are going to have a, a dance. Again, we're putting the dance back on mm. after a lot of time. And somebody comes back and starts knocking everybody off. So uh, I think the reboot's okay, but the original one, I think it's very, very effective. And uh, also, again... If you're going for kills, if you're going for the gore and the violence, My Bloody Valentine, especially the uncut version, which is available right now in Blu-ray from Shot Factory, is uh, the way to go. Uh, basically, I just know if there's going to be a dance put on years after some tragedy, I'm not going to that dance. <laughs> That's what these films basically have taught me. Right. But yeah, uh, so I didn't really see My Bloody Valentine for a very long time because I always, I don't know, just a whole thought of it like oh valentine's day massacre oh okay mm, yeah right you know, it seemed kind of cheesy to me but then i watch them like oh that, that's good yeah that's good stuff i mean so it's my three it can be two things i mean it is cheesy i mean the whole thing is i mean a lot of these are incredibly cheesy but they're yeah. they're fun to watch and they're good um all right so my number three then is uh a spin on just camp crystal lake in and of itself uh sleepaway camp uh murders at a summer camp and i think this film uh, lives and dies by the ending, really. And I think sensibilities have changed. And maybe this is not the uh, the most uh, uh, progressive uh, view of of the killer. But that face at the end that they're mm. that 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 the killer is making is it's ingrained in my memory as one of the creepiest faces that a human being has ever made on screen. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a good pick because it's my number two. Oh, okay, nice. And. Uh, I remember going to the video store Mm -hmm. and seeing the poster for this film. It's a legendary poster. You have the knife through the sneaker, and there's a letter, like, Dear Mom and Dad, you know, something strange is happening at this camp. But the ending, I think people have done a really, a pretty good job of, all these years later, not spoiling the big reveal of Sleepaway Camp. Mm -hmm. I think that's what elevates it. Yeah, right. And then you have that weird, crazy aunt in the beginning of the mm. film, too, right? I mean, just so right away, it's in a weird way, it's it's like 
in a way it gets you unsettled from the very beginning it's like the shining in that way where it has a there's just an aspect of it where right out of the gate everything feels slightly off mm-hmm. and that's all because of that performance right um but still i love sleepaway camp again a bunch of good kills in this when that guy gets what boiled to death by the big pots <laughs> yeah or yeah. Uh, and then just when guys wear crop tops so i think that's coming back oh i don't it? know all right very good. Yeah, so there's something to look forward to, Matt, next summer. Fantastic. I can but really just, pull that off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But just over, just top shelf, over-the-top, crazy 80s cheesiness at times with some really good kills and an ending that's going to knock you on your hinder. So, yeah, Sleepaway Camp's my two. Nice. All right, well, my number two then is uh, April Fool's Day. Uh, a group of friends get together with their friend. Uh, I... <sighs> The ending of that one always upsets me, but go ahead. Well, anyway, they get together with their friend Muffy, uh, and which is fantastic, just in, in and of its name, in and of itself. She likes to pray pranks. Apparently, though, they these pranks are deadly, and they are, you know, uh, out there on the, this island and uh, with a possible killer. You know what? I this is again one of those films with talking about legendary uh, VHS covers. This is the cover with the mm-hmm. woman with the her braid is turned into a noose and she's holding a a uh, knife behind her back. It is a I don't know. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a, a pretty fun. I, obviously, my esteemed co-host does not particularly care for it, but you know that's the thing. It's with, fine. It's just a, the ending of it is just. Yeah, I mean, there's this is the thing. Slashers are a very polarizing, you know, set of films. Uh, I do not like the Friday the Thirteenth film. Chris enjoys them. Uh, I mm-hmm. didn't think Prom Night was anything special. Uh, the original. Now I haven't seen the second one at this point, but I I didn't think it was anything special. A lot of people love that film, uh, but yeah. you no. Know, so it's it's really give or take on what you're gonna like when it comes to slashers. Yeah, I think Prom Night Two, Ella Mary Lewis is. Is, is good. It's very solid. It's yeah. That's a cult classic film for sure. So then my uh, number one, mm-hmm. because I think Matt's number one, it's just, it's your go-to number one. It's, yeah. it's the easiest of them. I know, so right, I didn't yeah. want to, Sure. I didn't have it as mine. But I, so I went with the uh, Spanish-American slasher film Pieces Yeah. from, um, when did that come out? 82? Yeah. Yeah. It was, at least in Spain it was 82. Uh, this film was banned, like in the UK, banned mm-hmm. in a bunch of places. Uh, it is really just gory, over-the-top stuff. I think the tagline of it was, you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Yes, right. So the, the film opens in, uh, what is it, 42? Yeah, and this little boy is abused by his mom because he's putting together a jigsaw puzzle of a, of a naked lady. Mm. So uh, he goes and gets an axe and hacks her up. And then... When the police come, he hides in the closet and pretends that he was a witness of what actually happened. And then we're going to go ahead and fast forward uh, years later to the school. And then, you know, somebody's hacking people up mm. and then maybe making their own jigsaw puzzle out of people. Mm-hmm. So uh, keeps you on the edge of your seatish a bit, a bit, I guess. Yeah. But really, no, it's just it's the gore. If you're a gore hound, pieces is going to give you everything you're looking for absolutely so it's my number one i've never seen pieces it's on shutter i keep meaning to go check it oh out, you gotta watch yeah, it i haven't seen it yet i just haven't sat down problem is i've always got kids i've always got these damn kids like you know when you sit down to put something like that on they want nothing to do with you all day then suddenly they want to come hang out like when you start yeah, watching yeah. that kind of stuff so you can't, you can't do it um so all right so then again 
my number one then is is uh is a nightmare on elm street i think it's yeah. by it's it's even just as a movie i think it's probably one of the best ones that are out there now i do struggle with it is it really a slasher film because you know it's got such a heavy supernatural element but you know, after that by the third sense. by the third film, Jason's basically an unstoppable zombie. So like, who gives a shit, right? So like, I I have talked quite a bit about this film. It's great. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's uh, I think just again, it's not only just an excellent slasher, it's just a good good horror movie, and uh, that's not always something you can say about this genre. No, that was I mean the first, and I think the really the last time that. Freddy was really scary. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know. So uh, yeah, no, that's that's good. Now, you know what? Too, I, what's what I, I like for uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth? What is it? Not a new beginning. It's the one after it. Jason Lives, mm. which is what eighty six. Okay, I like that one a lot too. And uh, another honorable mention, like yeah, like I said, Matt, this was my honorary Elm Street list. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to mention it because I know it was going to be your one. I think Sam Raimi was involved. I can't remember what is it, Intruder? Okay, uh, about a massacre at a grocery store. All right, basically at night. That's that's really good too if you haven't seen. It. I think that's on Shutter as well. So any other honorable mentions for you? Uh, Slumber Party Massacre uh, is, is oh, pretty yeah. good, good um, and the House on Sorority Row uh, is also pretty good for gross uh, kills. Mm-hmm. Nice, good times. What's your favorite? We'd love to hear your favorite '80s slashers. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun dot com. Matt, what's coming up next week on the big show? Uh, well, we're going to go get our historical epic on and watch Napoleon by uh, Ridley Scott. And then... Um, I don't know about Saltburn. I don't know if it's going to be playing around us or not mm-hmm. yet by then. Yeah, good thing you mentioned Saltburn because I was going to call it Salt Bay. I knew that wasn't right, but that's the only thing I could think of in my head <laughs> is what it was. But uh, So maybe Saltburn, or if not, we'll have to call one of our many audibles to try and slide something in there. Absolutely. And I'm also excited. It's our final segment, Matt. It's the, uh, we probably should have done it for this week, anticipation of Black Friday. Okay. But it slipped my mind entirely. But we will be bringing, I think, one of the favorite segments we do here is the 2023 holiday gift guide for the movie love in your life. Kill me. (laughs) Are you actually going to participate in this one or are you going to outsource it again? My plan is to. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. Very you know what's true. funny is I totally forgot about that until just now. You would have remembered. That. You, you would I'm not sure I would have. In the meantime, you can find us uh, at thefirstrun.com. You can see archives of all the old shows. There's a report card that I'm sure will be updated by somebody at some point. Uh, and then also on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, do a search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually you'll find us. Head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It'll help other people find the show. And uh, we're both on Letterboxd. We'll have to update our Letterboxd um, rankings too for the MCU now that the Marvels is coming oh, yeah, out. Definitely. Yeah. So you can find us there too. I, I think our, mine is just at the first run. I don't know what Matt's is. I think so we decided that that one was the definitive list. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I guess that's it. So I can't find my soundboard. Everybody go ahead, take care of yourselves. We love you very much, and we will see you soon. Happy Thanksgiving. Take care. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that.